We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to talk about passing it on today. Look at your neighbor and say, pass it on. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to read Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. So we're going to just start in verse 1. This is Solomon writing to his son. My son, do not forget my teaching. Let your, let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace. They will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you'll find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves those whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth by understanding. He established the heavens by his knowledge. The deep broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. They will not walk. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid when you... When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we pray that it would change us. Lord, it would penetrate our hearts as men. Lord, that we'd we'd find what you put in us to pass on. We thank you for this moment. Change us in it. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Some of you may know this. Solomon was the third king of Israel. We had Saul, who was the first king. Didn't work out too well. Israel demanded a king. And God said, if I give you a king, this is how the thing's going to turn out. You're not going to like it. And sure enough, uh, they demanded one anyway. 
So Saul, Saul was the, the guy who became king, and he, um, let's say he turned against God, disobeyed God, got prideful, all kinds. It's just a tragic story. So through the prophet Samuel, God chooses a man named David. We did a whole sermon series on um, the life of David that you can go back and look at. David was a man after God's own heart, but David uh, had some indiscretions as well. He had some, not just indiscretions, some big sin in his life. He, um, he was a, a warrior, a poet, songwriter, musician, and uh, he had some flaws as well. So David has an affair with a, a woman named Bathsheba. She ends up becoming his wife. After, by the way, he murders her husband. Um, David's first child through Bathsheba dies, but then they have another one, and his name's Solomon. Now, as far as the line of succession in David's, um, David's lineage, Solomon was not his oldest son. Uh, so Solomon would naturally have been the next king of Israel. But what happened is David's other son, Adoniah, uh, decided in David's really old age, I mean, he's in bed ready to die, and, and he, he, he begins to ascend to the throne. He, he starts making these political moves. And Nathan the prophet, which if you go back into David's life, you find out Nathan the prophet is the one who pointed out David's sin. Can I say this, man? If you repent quickly, you can keep people around you. I'll say that again. If you repent quickly, people will stay around you. If we get prideful, that's when people start leaving. So you got to think Nathan the prophet is still with David all the way up into his old age. So Nathan goes to Bathsheba and says, hey, listen, David's older son is getting ready to take hold of the throne. But I know, I know it's God's will for Solomon to be king. And so you need to go to David and tell him what's going on. Now, imagine this, David is pretty much incapacitated now in his old age. And so it's not like he's up roaming around the kingdom and with his, with his finger on the political pulse. Are you following me? So Bathsheba goes to David and says, hey, your older, you promised this to Solomon, but your older son is getting ready to take the throne. And, and so David said, no, 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 that's not what I wanted to happen. I do want Solomon to be king. And so he, he declares him king and, and they put all the things in place now, you would like to think that this is a great coronation, just like we saw in England, that everybody, no. No, Solomon has the other brother killed, which I guess is one way to do it. And he has the commander killed along with him. So it's a bloodbath when Solomon comes in. But now he's king. And Solomon, even according to Jesus, was the richest king ever to live on the planet. Now, we were uh, just touring some of uh, ancient ruins in, in Rome, and I'm, we're standing in what was left over of a palace. Do you remember that? And I remember looking at my wife going, what would we even do here? Like, like one room in this palace, one room in this palace was like 12,000 12, square feet. I mean, it's a little cramped. One room. 
I don't know how you get the family in there to eat. 12,000 square feet, one room. Now, now what we know is, is that those weren't even the richest people on the planet that had one room that big. And so Solomon was this unbelievably beyond your wildest imagination rich, but coupled with that beyond your wildest imagination intelligent. He, we'll get into this in a second, but Solomon had asked God for this simple thing in a dream and God gave it to him. It's called wisdom. Do you know it can be, you can be really smart and not wise. You know that? Don't, don't look around. I know some of you went. You can be really smart, not wise. You, you go to college, you can make the dean's list. You could be, you could be top of your class. You get a PhD and still not have wisdom because wisdom is this thing that takes intelligence with experience and like locks them in together. And then you start making good decisions. I've seen a lot of smart people broke. Amen. And I've seen a lot of dumb people rich. Wisdom is a different thing, isn't it? And so Solomon asks for this wisdom in a pure way. And, and what we'll read in a, in a bit that God says, because you asked this way, I'll give you all this other stuff. So now Solomon is king. He writes to his son in some of the Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter three, he's writing to his son. I want to leave you with this stuff. I want, I want, I, there's things I need you to know. There's things I need you to grasp. There's things that, that I want to write down to make sure that you don't forget. I want every father in the, in the room, I don't care what you do for a living, I don't care how much money you make, I don't care how successful you've been, how many setbacks you face, I want you to know that you have something to pass on. You have something to pass on to the next generation. If you don't even have kids and you're, and you're a man in this building, you have something to pass on to the next generation. Fatherless households are an epidemic in the United States. Actually, it's becoming an epidemic around the world. And we need men, even if you don't have biological children, men that have something to pass on, which I believe you do, to stand in that gap and say, listen, I've got this what God put in me to pass on to you. So Solomon says, my son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do you realize what he's saying here? Solomon is like translating. He's going to get into what, what God has given him. He's going to, he's going to address fear of the Lord, all that stuff. But Solomon is saying, listen, man, do what I tell you to do. I remember, um, I remember growing up and my dad saying, I ain't going to tell you twice. I used to think, I don't, I think I want to try, but I don't know if I want to try it. You know what I mean? You remember that? So Solomon is saying, listen, I, God has given me wisdom for you. And so I need you to keep, do you see what he said there? My commandments to you. What we have to understand as dads, as fathers, is that God has put in us stuff. He's put his stuff in us to then pass on. And it's okay to tell your kids, 
these are, these are our rules. These are my rules for the house. So Solomon's saying, hey, listen, you got to keep my commandments. Because for the length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. It will add to your life. Remember, this is the first commandment with a promise. Honor your mother and your father. For, for you will live a long life if you do that. Remember that? Solomon had something important to pass on to his son. And it wasn't simply wealth. Do you see in Proverbs chapter 3, there's very little to do with money here, except in the sense of give it away. Did you see that? Solomon's not going, hey man, I need you to pay attention because I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to make you rich. No, he was teaching him. Listen, can I, can I just address something with you? This is what happens with, middle, with us in the middle class. We want to teach our kids how to make more money, but we forget to teach them what to, the person they need to be to handle the more money. So it was understood that Solomon's kids were going to be what? Rich. I mean, none of Solomon's kids were sitting around going, I don't know where we're going to get food to eat. They all understand that. So now Solomon put that all aside. Solomon's going, I got to teach you how to be a man and how to handle all this responsibility. And so in American society, we get it backwards and we say, chase the money and then your character will come along with it. It's too late. So Solomon's saying, listen, your character has to be, I got to pass on character to you because if not, this, all this stuff you're going to get is going to kill you. It wasn't simply wealth. My friend Tom Arati was saying this in our seminars in Nairobi. He says, it's never too early to start, never too late to start over. You may be sitting here this morning as a father going, man, I screwed the first 15 years up. Don't screw the next 15 years up. You may say, well, well, my son's only six months old. Get a plan. Figure out what you want to figure out what's important. Talk to somebody who's got a 30 year old son. Amen. Because here's what I know about parenting. When, when you got really little kids, you don't know what you're doing. Anybody ready to admit it? You're just sitting around like, oh, I don't even know what's happening. I ain't slept in six weeks. This kid puts more out than goes in. I don't know. I don't know how to fix any of that. It's never too early to start and never too late to start over. Dads, listen to me. You'll pass on whatever you've been asking for. I want you to let that sink in a little bit. You're going to pass on whatever you've been asking for. This is Solomon right when he initially becomes king. First Kings chapter three, starting in verse five. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. So Solomon says, I've been watching my dad. And he, he, he was right with you. I knew that. I knew he was. And you've kept him 
for him this great and steadfast love, and you've given him a son to sit on his throne this day. He said, I realize what you've done. And now, oh Lord, my God, you've made your servant king in place of my fa- David, my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to govern this, your great people. Did you see what he just asked for? He said, give me an understanding mind. I don't know what I'm doing. Dads, can I tell you when your kids are six months old, that's a great prayer to pray. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to help me. I need you to give me wisdom here. I need you to get, I've never done this before. I might not have had a good example. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Lord, I need wisdom. Listen to what it says. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, because you have asked this, And have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies. Did you hear that? He said, because you've asked for wisdom and not money. Do you know what a lot of times comes with wisdom? Everybody's like, man, I don't know. I don't really know. All right, we're going to see a second service, maybe a little smarter than the first service. What comes along with wisdom? Everybody's like, Next time I bump into somebody with wisdom, I'll ask. (laughs) Here's the problem. We've been asking for wealth. When God wants us to ask for wisdom. Because problems with more money become bigger problems. So God says, because you asked for the right thing, I'll give you all of it. Because you asked for the right thing, I'll give you all of it. Fathers, you're going to pass on whatever you ask for. Whatever you're consistently in prayer for, whatever you're consistently saying, God, give me this, give me, God, give me this, God, give me this. That's what we end up passing on to our kids because that's what we're thinking about. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're asking for. And so what we realized was Solomon was not asking for money. He was asking for wisdom. Then when he was passing it on to his kid, what did he tell him? Seek out wisdom. Seek wisdom out. Don't, don't just, don't just go for the money. Don't just go for the women. Don't just go for this. Don't, don't, don't go for fame or celebrity. Look, trust me on this. Ask for wisdom. So we have to start changing what we're asking God for. Ask yourself this, is what I'm asking for worth passing on to my kids? Is what I'm currently, God, if you do this for me, I need you to do this for me. Could I then take that and pass it on? It's a huge thing. One of the things that I've consistently found myself in is situations that I probably wasn't necessarily qualified to be in. Do you realize that's a really good place for you to be? Because what happens is when you realize you're not qualified, then you have to get help. And so over the years, I would just keep asking God, God, give me, we, we pray in the staff meetings. Lord, give us wisdom to lead your people. We don't know what we're doing. I grew up in Berkeley County. 
Like, I didn't come from something big. I didn't come from money. I didn't come from any of that stuff. I didn't come from, like, just regular people. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a circumstance where you're not qualified to be there. I remember, I remember starting to have kids thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. Now, I married a really, now, here's some wisdom. Marry somebody that can make up for it. Um, but I remember asking God, God, make me smarter than I am. That's a good prayer. Do you realize that? Solomon said, God, I'm just a kid here. I have no idea what I'm doing. And God said, because you asked for that, I'll give you all this other stuff. Because now you can handle it. So he, he asked for the right thing. Fathers, ask for the right thing consistently. And your kids will hear God hear you asking. God, dad's just not asking for money. Dad's not just asking for an easier job. Dad asks, dad's asking for wisdom. This must be important. So Solomon had something to pass on. Dad's look at your neighbor and say, I got something to pass on. Tell him, I got something to pass on. Come on, the first step is convincing yourself. I got something to pass on. The second thing he did, which I think this could be the most important thing we could ever do for our kids. He taught him how to contextualize life. Now we just started this series or a couple weeks into this biblical worldview series. Can I tell you something, fathers? The most important thing you could do for your kids in this culture is to teach them how to contextualize their life. Because if not, culture will define it for them. It's happening at such a rapid pace that, that we don't even, it's making our heads spin now. And so Solomon is teaching his son, here's how you think about life. I didn't teach my kids what to think all the time, but I taught them how to think. As parents, as dads, listen, I know, I know there's a frustration when, when your kid comes home and says, this is what I believe. And you go, you better not believe it in this house. Leave that outside, bro. Take your shoes off before you come in. Do you know what I'm saying? Here's the issue. We spend a lot of times telling kids what to believe. That's not true. This is true. That's not true. This is true. Solomon was saying, hey, listen, I need to teach you that not every difficult circumstance is bad in your life. That God, that don't despise the discipline of God. Oh. He wasn't arguing with him about a topic. He was teaching him how to think about life. He was teaching him how to, how to contextualize what he was walking through. So here's the important thing. We're teaching the next generation through our conversations they hear about what we're going through. Are you following me? So if you're walking through a difficult time, we refuse in our family to walk around and go, oh, God's after me. God's after me. He's punishing me. We also refuse to say, the devil's beating me up. Because when my kids are five, seven, and nine, if they hear me walking into the house going, God's punishing me or the devil's beating me up, they don't want to serve either of them. You know what I'm saying now? So, Solomon was teaching him how to think about life. 
So how you talk about what's happening will determine how your kids think about what's happening. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Not every bad thing you're going through is bad. That's what he was telling him. Not every bad thing. Come on, do you remember when your dad used to say it's hurt me worse than it hurts you? Remember that? And you're like, I want to be on the other end of that. Try it out. Give me the belt. We'll see. We'll see who this hurts. Because I ain't seen you scream one time swinging that thing. But you've got to talk to your kids about difficult times. This is not all bad. So one of the most important things a father can do is to pass on the ability to rightly contextualize life in a biblical manner. What I think we were able to do consistently growing up is to take what was going on and then put it in the light, in the context of scripture. Hey, I know this is what happened, but this is what God says about what just happened. It doesn't have to be an argument. It could, this is, I know this is what happened. This is what, this is what God says about. And I, I remember, I remember when the kids were growing up, we'd say things like, Hey, listen, we know there's going to be some differences in the way we do things. And we just started saying stuff like this. The Joneses do things different sometimes. That's it. We're just, we're just some weird people. The Joneses just do things different sometimes. And so we're trying to tell our kids, listen, I know the whole river is moving this way. But the Bible says every now and then you got to step out of the river and get dry from that stuff. Do you know what, you know what I mean? And so we were teaching them how to think about life, not just what to think, but how to think about it. Where am I going to get the resource when I don't know what's going on? So a couple things when you do that, it ends up defining what's important for your kids. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gains under, gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. He just told his son, If you will get wisdom from God, godly wisdom, it's better than any job you could get. It's better than any amount of money. It's better than gold, better than silver. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. He's saying wisdom is the thing you seek out. So what do we tell our kids today? Popularity is the most important thing. That's what culture is telling them. You got to do something crazy on TikTok and then everybody will like you. You know what the truth about that is? They'll like you until somebody else does something crazier. And that's how we've gotten into these things where, where our children are doing crazy stuff. No, what are we teaching them? We need to define what's important. Starting when they're young, define what's important. He says, my son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Boy, if we could use some discretion. Not everything has to be on social media. You know that, don't you? And they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. He's saying you won't stay up at night worrying. We need to find what's important for our children. The next thing it does, it defines how we treat other people. Our kids need to see us as dads treating other people right. Amen. 
Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. Did you hear that, Dad? I know it can be difficult when your kids aren't doing what you want them to do. Everybody's like, you're, you're right about that. Can you compliment them for doing something well? You don't have to say amen. It's fine. I'm confident. I'll keep going. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow. I will give it when you have it with you. Honor when you have it. Give it when you have it. Give compliments when they're due. Do the right thing by other people. We're teaching our kids this. How do we teach them? We can look at them as fathers and say, I'm proud of you. I, I like what you're doing. That was the right that was the right move. That's the right decision. Give them credit when it's due. Do not plan evil against your neighbor. Your dwells. So he's contextualizing how to treat the people around him. Now, listen, I know, uh, uh, can I say this? Yeah. I have to have an internal discussion every now and then. Hey, dads, I know you work with idiots. The irony is, is the people you work with also work with idiots. Do you know, you know how that goes, right? Okay. Okay. Watch this. The way you come and home and talk about the idiots you work with is teaching the kids how to treat the idiots you work with. Are you following me? The way we discuss these things. Solomon, as king, had people that didn't like him. And he's telling his son, hey, listen, if you got the ability to do good to somebody, do it. Don't hold on to it. Don't keep a compliment. If you've got it in your pocket, give it to them. Don't, don't, don't scheme up evil things to do to people. That's ridiculous. Treat everybody right. We're teaching them how to treat people. Amen? You still with me? Then the third thing, it defines our reliance on God. This worldview that we're passing on to our kids tells them what's important, how to treat other people, and it defines our reliance on God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Did you realize, I bet you most of you have heard that scripture before, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Did you realize that was Solomon talking to his son? He's saying, listen, boy, I need you to trust God with everything that you have. You need to seek wisdom, yes. You need to understand what's important, yes. You need to treat people right, yes. But at the end of the day, you need to depend on God for everything. He will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. He's telling him, be humble. Solomon is passing on that God is the one who directs our steps and protects and provides and on and on and on and on. There's a danger in our world today, and it's been like this for a while, where dads are like, we're just going to let Johnny grow up and figure it out when he's 30. Start teaching them when they're old enough, one years old. Hey, listen. Jesus loves this. Come on. Why would we let a 16-year-old figure out their faith journey 
when they can't even drive a straight stick. Are you following me? Solomon is telling his kid, this is what's important. This is how you treat people. And you rely on God 100%. I'm not leaving this to chance. I'm not leaving it to, I'm not leaving it to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send my kid to school and let the other kids help them figure it out. Like this isn't, this isn't a discovery process. This is the truth. And the truth will, it's just like, it's just like I, I tell my, I'm not saying they listen. When you speed, you eventually get a ticket. I'm not going to just leave it out there. No, just drive as fast as you want, man. That guy behind you with the blinking lights there to cheer you on. You'll figure it out. Hammer down. You'll figure it out. The band's going to come up. Here's what I want to leave you with. Maybe you're sitting here this morning as a dad going, Chris, I, I was not equipped. I don't know what I'm doing. All you have to do is start. You know what the hardest thing to do is? Start. The hardest thing to do is start. But I want to warn you a little bit from my experience. Because I'm, a, I, I'm not the greatest planner. I'm the guy that just jumps in. I just jump in and start. So over the years, what I've done is I've made proclamations before I was ready to keep them. Anybody else in the building like that? I walk in the house, everything's changing today. Your dad heard from the Lord. And we're not doing this anymore. I hadn't changed. I was just making a big statement. Are you following me? So change what you value before you proclaim what you value. Listen to me, dads. Change what you value before you proclaim what you value. Do not go home today. Don't do it. Don't go home today at dinner and go, I heard Pastor Chris's sermon. Things are going to change around here. I'm going to start telling you what's important. I'm going to start telling you that you need more wisdom. Don't do that. The most effective way that my kids ever saw anything come out of me was me change before I said anything about it. If I apologize before I proclaimed apologies were important. Change what you value before you proclaim what you value. Let me ask you this. Make sure your speech changes. Make sure your action change before the rules change. Remember, it's never too early and it's never too late. Make the adjustment before you jump in. Listen, we're at a pivotal moment in our society right now where we have degraded manhood to the place where it has no place. And as Christian men, as Christian fathers, we don't have to be militant about it, but we can just gently stand up as men and say, listen, I remember in scripture where a guy named Joshua said, I don't know about everybody else, but for me and my house, this is what we're gonna value. And it's gonna start with me. It's gonna start with me. Solomon was passing on to his son a worldview that would change, that could change him to stand to your feet.
easy thing to do is what everyone else is doing. The hard thing to do is go against the grain. And when we look in the word of God, it's consistently asking us to do that, to go against the grain. So I want to pray for you in here today. If you're a father, even if you're not a father, even if you have influence in the nieces and nephews, I want to pray that God would put it in you to pass it on, to pass it on. The future generations of the church, the future generations of missionaries, future generations of people following Christ, the future of the gospel going forward is dependent on us passing it on, passing it on what manhood looks like, passing it on what fatherhood looks like. I'm not asking you to be perfect, but I'm asking you to be engaged. I'm asking you to sit down and think about it and say, I've got a purpose and something to pass on to my children. It's not just get them to 18 and push them out the door. It's I want to equip them on how to look at this. Amen. So can we do that today, Father? We ask you as our as our holy Father, as our example, we ask for wisdom this morning, Lord. We ask you to impart into us as men, Lord, what we need to impart into our children in every phase of their life. God, you know what we're up against. You know, you know the difficulties of the culture. But God, you have overcome the world. We have nothing to fear. We have no, nothing to be dismayed about, nothing to be anxious about. You put your Holy Spirit in us. And there is enough in us to pass on to the next generation. To see your glory go on and on and on through our children. We thank you for these moments. We thank you, Lord for these pep talks you give us that with you it's enough Lord so we pray today that you empower us to do that in Jesus name come on could you give him thanks and praise this morning he's good